maybe it's like doesn't want to support your camera and your audio at the same time if like if you just do the audio instead of trying to use video how do i do it now just turn off your camera okay now can you say something yeah hi okay yeah i think that's working okay all right your camera's still on though oh how do i turn it off there should be a little a button, like a like a like a recording icon at the bottom. Oh, and stop it, video. Yeah, it'll say stop video. Very sensitive over here. You know, sometimes Wi-Fi can be a little homophobic, and I don't really appreciate that. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Comcast. I am here today with a very special guest, and I will let her introduce herself. Hi, uh, my name is Carrie Timothy. I am a licensed mental health therapist and a certified trauma therapist. I've been working in the field for about 12 years and been in the, I guess you could say, the social work mental health field for about 20, 25. It's been my heart since I was young. I love working. I love helping people, loving people, encouraging people. I do it everywhere I go. So not just in my four walls. I'm excited to be here today with Karis and with all of you. And I hope that I can encourage you and, and be um, a support. And for everybody who who's wondering, it's really interesting um, to have you on the podcast today because <laughs> you, I don't know if this is a violent, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you used to be my, my therapist. And then I- Maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> she may or may not have been. It, it's all there speculation at this point. <laughs> But yeah, she's a very good person. I'm very happy that you're here and you were able to to make the time. I know we both have very weird kind of crazy schedules, but it is really important to have a mental health professionals on this podcast, especially um, because we do focus on heavy topics such as mental health. For those of you who listened last week, we had the uh, we had Dr. Gary Howell, who's a psychologist in Tampa, Florida, and he focuses on LGBTQ issues. He's also the director of the LGBTQ Health Institute or Institute of LGBTQ Mental Health. Either either way, it's the same thing. So mm-hmm. I'm I am very excited to have another person who is an expert because I write blogs and I make podcasts, but I am not a mental health expert. Basically. Basically, she has the authority in the situation. I am merely here as a bull. Great. Speaking of uh, credentials and stuff like that, you mentioned that you know you're a licensed mental health therapist, and there's a lot of different sort of licensing that you can have for you know like a bunch of different specialties but one thing that is in common with all of those is obviously you have to have a degree you have to have an education you have to be uh, well studied and well versed in this area something that I had mentioned in the, the blog for this week which is titled Do No Harm Mental Health Professionals and LGBTQ Patients. If you guys want to go ahead and read that to figure out what the premise of this episode is. I had an entire section kind of focused, focusing on how education in terms of mental health professionals sort of elude or not elude, I guess, um, avoid the topic a lot for LGBTQ mental health. Talked about this a little bit last week, how there have been some great changes. There have been, especially at high level universities, I don't know about community colleges, but I know at universities, they've been doing 
webinars and certain courses dedicated to diverse populations, but it's still an area that needs to grow. And I was curious when you were in school and when you were learning all of this, did you ever have any specific training or education on how to deal with LGBTQ patients and their unique mental health issues? I did not. I have had none when I think when I went to school, which was a long time ago, <laughs> it wasn't something that was part of the curriculum. I think it was more of a basic approach, understanding the theoretical, different, the different theoretical counseling dynamics and just being able to learn, you know, who invented what and how do you use that? And let's focus more a little bit on the brain, the feelings, the behaviors. I actually went to a college for my master's and for my, for my therapy because I was in social work. So then you have to go get your master's to be a professional counselor. Then you have to, you know, go into your interning and all that. So when I went, I actually went to a Christian university that was based more on, we call it the track, the Christian track, but then we also... Um, we're able to understand the basics of ev what everybody else was learning. So I kind of have two tracks, but we never, ever covered anything that wasn't relatable to heterosexual communities and population. And yeah, now I'm kind of like, whoa, it's all changed, which is good to learn that. So, And it's definitely very important to sort of be in the foundation because a good portion, millions of people, at least in America, are a part of the LGBTQ community and uh, we have disproportionately worse mental health than people who are cisgender or people who are straight. The fact that, you know, more specialized courses in how to treat these populations are mm -hmm. kind of emerging in universities and colleges and different educational programs is going to, in my opinion, better the abilities of mental health professionals in the future to, to treat this population because currently suicide rates for, you know, transgender individuals, I think I bring this statistic up every time, but it's just such a powerful statistic. 40% of transgender individuals seriously consider suicide every single year, or actually, sorry, that's incorrect. It's 80% and 40% actually attempt it. So that's just one. I could rattle off a bunch, but that's the, this not a statistics. Um, if you want the statistics, you can check out the resource page, but I'm not going to sit here and rattle off math. Nobody wants to hear that, but um, it is good yeah. that there have been different movements for that. It is interesting that you mentioned the fact that you went to a religious, religious institution because I had brought mm -hmm. that up in a previous blog. And the reason that religious institutions really have the ability to sort of avoid those topics, which they have the right to do, but the reason that they, they can do that and still be in compliance is because of the APA, the uh, American Psychiatric Association or something along those lines, I've messed it up every time, has recommended best practices, but they're unenforceable. Um, they're just mere mm. suggestions. Providers have no obligation obligation like they do with normal best practices. I think a big thing that could maybe help sort of standardize a big chunk of the education. So it's not like, oh, well, this provider has no background and this provider knows everything because they did, they went to this course or they went to this college. I mean, if that was the case with something like a brain surgeon, like this brain surgeon knows how to perform this operation, but not this one because he went mm -hmm. to this college, and not that one. 
I mean, that's not how it is standardized. So do you think that's something that is important in the mental health field is to have sort of a standardized things that you should be learning? I do, because I think why we do this is for people to help people to keep people from hurting themselves to keep the world more peaceful, right? So like, if we're looking at maybe looking at I mean, we need to probably move with the curve a little bit with how the world's changing and be more accepting of, like I look at the biopsychosocial of people. So I look at the biology and the psychology and then the sociology, like the environment. And then I kind of put them all together as to maybe understanding people more. Whereas I think what we're, you know, I, I think it's ignorance. I think it's a lack of having a flexible, open mind to, you know, people think, well, if I learn more about this, then does that mean I agree or I support or that I'm, I am that, or I, it's not about that. When we have people coming into our office, well, this has been out that I'm speaking for myself, so I can't speak for everybody. But when someone comes into my office, they know they're going to be loved. And I'm telling you, I have everybody in here, everybody. And I've got verses on my walls. I, that's what I believe, but I would never, ever put my own ideas onto someone if that would hurt them. I think, yeah, we talk about counter transference and stuff in counseling, like don't put your issues onto other people. But I think honestly, when we're, we're, we're biased, gender biased, even, you know, or we're, we're closed minded, we are putting our issues onto people. So to answer your question, yes, I think there should be way more education. I think it should be required education because we are hurting people with our ignorance. Yeah, I, I you covered sort of the whole thing that I was sort of aiming at this with this blog and sort of with this this episode is that it may not even be something, you know, like someone sits in an office and you know, an LGBTQ patient comes in and they're like, well, I'm going to make, I'm not going to make this person any better. I'm just going to make them worse. Like, I don't believe a lot of people have that nefarious intent. I don't feel people are, uh, most people anyway, are evil in that way, but it could just be like, this is my belief. And I have not, you know, necessarily been trained on how to say things or how not to sort of put my either religious or moral beliefs or whatever your belief may be onto other people. And like you said, therapists and, you know, mental health professionals are sort of told not to do that. You know, they don't really focus, at least from what I'm gathering, on, you know, transferring certain political beliefs onto other people. Or if you want to say religious beliefs, it depends on why somebody may not understand or oppose or simply just not have a lot of information on the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you really summed, summed that up really well. But I wanted to ask sort of a question outside of education, because like I said, changes are being made, but change is slow, especially just in any field, but especially in something like healthcare or mental health care, it's mm -hmm. just change is slow. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it's painstaking. So there's a lot of things right now that students of psychology or social work or people who are already established in the field could be doing to educate themselves and do self-study on these issues. And some of the resources that I had mentioned were things like this, which is, you know, like a podcast, reading blogs, reading books on the subject. Um, there's not a lot 
to be honest, of <laughs> studies specifically on LGBTQ mental health as much as there is, you know, like a general population study. But there are those out there and they're free and they're available and they're <laughs> accredited. And then there's also organizations like NAMI, the Trevor Project, and the Human Rights Campaign that do their own awareness campaigns and own informational packets and things like that. You know, something you mentioned off mic is, you know, a lot of people, especially in the mental health field, are spread really thin. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that they could be doing and that they are doing. How do you think these sh people should sort of find that balance of, you know, making sure that they're obviously not overstretching themselves, but also that they are taking the initiative to fight for equality and to educate themselves? Well, I think that underlying we should not be judgmental and we should be competent. So meaning when there's somebody that comes in our in our path, you know, and then we're asked to work with them. What I do um, is I always interview them first before they come in here to make sure I'm the best fit. Some things that are really cool, and I don't know if you know this, is that we as um, mental health professionals, we have like a, a pool kind of of referral pool. So like on Facebook or on social media, we have big thousands of members and counseling groups. So when there's a need that comes up that we aren't either educated and comfortable with competent and then we refer over to somebody else who is amazing at it. And so that is something that we do to show because we want to give the very best care because we know we have the power to help or hurt people. And not all of us get that yet, but we're getting there. So, and I think you being in the field a little bit longer, you start to see how important it is to make sure you don't take on something that is way over your head. And, and so there's people who specialize in all different things. And it's really cool because like there's people in trauma and people in, um, I mean, everything, marriages and singles and, you know, kiddos and stuff like that. So we've been able to do a really good job, I believe, at referring over to the source. And then we don't get as burned out because we're all made to be, I feel like, passionate about certain things like from what we've been through in our lives or how people have affected us or things that we've struggled with we tend to have a little more compassion in those areas so when we're able to channel that into people and give all that over and and you know to that specific population usually that's when you see the best you know productivity and growth and healing and so i would say um well and self-care is very important too but i think just being honest with who you are and what you can do and letting go of what you can't and saying that's okay someone else will that's that's really good points i actually did i think what was it not not two episodes it was i did an episode and a blog on how to find a LGBTQ accepting therapist that you'd be surprised there are because you mentioned great resources for you know in the field referring patients to different providers but for patients who maybe don't currently have a mental health provider that can refer them to somebody else there are a lot of online resources and you know community resources that you can find people who do specialize in that field and that's something that we have to as mm -hmm. patients and as advocates and people in the LGBTQ community to protect ourselves have to kind of go through those channels 
if we don't have any other option to make sure that we're choosing people who we know or, or at least can hope will benefit us the most and do the least harm. It is unfortunate that, you know, I mean, everything that I think of, it's like, it's great that these resources exist, but it's also unfortunate that these resources have a need to exist, but they do. And they're available to And I would recommend you guys go check that out. I'll comment it in the show notes or link it in the show notes, whatever one works better. I think that is interesting because I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that doctors and mental health professionals like refer people because I mean, I deal with chronic illness. So I actually understand the referral game been referred to a lot of just kind of around and it's good um, that, you know, we have specializations and stuff. So I mean, because one doctor and one mental health professional can't treat everything. That would be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. But I think what we mentioned before about sort of a blanket education can also sort of help resolve the problem um, because people maybe can't reach other people or don't have the financial resources to reach other people other than therapists that is most readily available to them. That's where that sort of education comes in. They're like, well, I may not specialize, but at least I know something. So hopefully I can help you out with this. But also for the listeners, if you're finding that that's really not working and you really want someone who specializes but you just can't find them. Um, there's a lot of online therapies now in the modern age of technology that you can also sort of utilize to find those people and talk to them and chat with them over the internet. And all of that is all really good. Other than sort of making referrals and finding different resources, I had mentioned in the blog that there are certain um, therapists and psychologists that do specific group sessions that are facilitated by mental health professionals. Some of those are, are free to access. There's a lot of nonprofits. And another thing that is available sort of in terms of the field making big changes, you know, maybe volunteering their services, maybe trying to fight for equality, affirming legislation, different things like that Mm -hmm. um, make a big difference, especially when coming from someone who is established in their field, someone who is considered an expert. People who have the authority to make change have a responsibility to make change. Like me versus a psychologist, if you're talking to someone who is making an executive decision, you know, they're going to listen to the psychologist. They're not going to listen to me unless they're really Mm -hmm. (laughs) open-minded, but so there's a lot of ways that, you know, after learning these things and after becoming educated on these issues that you can do for the LGBTQ population, I don't know, like, what are are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I think it's absolutely necessary. I think that one of the problems we're all facing in this, you know, in our society and world is division. It hurts to to see everyone having to to not be in a community because they don't want to be open to understanding and i think for for us to be able to not be i don't know not be hidden just to be able to go into whatever environment it is and just show people that you care about them and you want to know them you want to learn them you you want to hold them hold their hand and hug them and say you're you're amazing because you're breathing i think it's very very important to always be present in whatever area you are. I mean, whether you're in the grocery store and someone's different than you, you look at them with a face that accepts them. You know, the way I look at therapy is it's an art and the color of the canvas or the colors that go into my canvas recreate a masterpiece that is meant to be and if my art is to learn more about LGBTQ plus 
that's going to create a beautiful canvas. If it's to work with trauma, I'm going to, you know, allow a beautiful canvas to be created. So just being able to be in with whoever, whenever, wherever you're called. So you can make a difference to show people they're important and they're loved is huge. And that's why I was like, yes. You know, when you said, would you do this? I'm like, of course. Yes. Like I'm honored. I'm honored to help and to, to be a light or to, or for even to learn for you to teach me something. Like I want, I want to know what I can do to make your life better and to, to be able to not be ignorant. You know, I mean, why should I? doesn't help anybody. I think it's important. And, and as long as everybody's doing something proactive to help stop this division and ignorance in this world, I think that this world would be a very, a way better place. Yeah, I completely agree that whatever anybody can do is great. Learning is great. Action is great. Whatever your mode or your method of helping the community, it's needed, it's appreciated. Just like, you know, I appreciate you coming on today and, you know, making the time. This is a way that you are helping the community. And I always like to sort of end my episodes asking you what, you know, if you would like to plug anything or if you would like to recommend a resource to anybody, what would you say to the listeners? I think that you should stand up for yourself in all situations and you don't settle. I'm always open. You can give all my information out just to be a, I will be a referral to a referral if you need, you know, I'm very, very open to helping however I can. But I think one thing is really, really neat. Just like, even if you were to meet a therapist, just remember that usually nine times out of 10, it's a person who's been through something in life. So We do have super duper compassion, but we also are not always going to be the best. I don't know. I would say we make mistakes too. Just with knowing that, don't be afraid to say something, you know, and like, for instance, I have people that come in here and they will tell me what they need. They'll tell me what I need to do more or better and just areas that they need me to work on and and maybe I'm corrected or whatever. And it's okay. It's okay to do that. It's important just for us to be flexible with everybody else's needs as well. So just stand up, be honest, be open. And, and if you don't like it, leave and find another one. We don't get our, well, most of us don't get our feelings hurt. I don't like to speak for everybody, but, and I, I would be happy to link to you to anybody. I probably can't say I have a resource off the top of my head because I have like so many things going through my head right now. I do definitely have things that I can look up and provide. Yeah. And if you guys want to access any resources, they will all be linked in the show notes. I appreciate everyone who came on to listen today. I appreciate you for being here today and just keep fighting, keep trucking on. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their day, night, evening, but time isn't real. So And remember that for listening to this episode, you can get service learning hours through our partnership with Humanity Rising. And to learn more about that, see the show notes. I'm just going to keep pointing down the show notes. Check them out. And with that, we can sort of end here. Bye, guys.